How you doing, people? Thanks for listening. Welcome to episode number 11, which is a conversation with Adam Lawrence. Adam's a portrait and publicity photographer working in the entertainment world. And uh, yeah, this episode's about his career, how he got started as a young kid moving down from Manchester uh, and and cutting his teeth in the theatre world and uh, how this expanded into working in the wider music and TV industry. Really nice guy, known him for a couple of years now. And uh, yeah, we took the time a couple of weeks ago to sit down and have a proper chat about uh, how he got to where he is. Uh, you should check out Adam's work over at adamlawrence.com. I'll also chuck it in the uh, the episode description. And uh, yeah, you can also find him over on Instagram at adamlawrencephotographer and uh, see what he's up to over there. Uh, if you want to do the same for Neutral Exposure, you can find us at neutral.exposure and uh, that'll keep you up to speed with the episode releases as they happen. Uh, yeah, really nice conversation. Hope you enjoy it. This is Neutral Exposure with Adam Lawrence. Welcome to Neutral Exposure, a space for reflection and inspiration with photographers across a range of disciplines. My name's Al Simmons. Now is, now is maybe the time to just be um, uh, be be as understanding of each other as we can. But eh. absolutely, absolutely. Unless you're a unless you're a jogger, unless you're a jogger <laughs> jogging from behind and coming uh, past me from a one foot away. <laughs> see, see, I'm a jogger and I hate the fucking dog walkers. Yeah, you know, it's the dog walkers <laughs> and the goddamn cyclists. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from that, we can carry on loving each other. Yeah, exactly. Making yeah, a yeah. A better place, um, and, yeah. and then and then and now there's the people leaving the rubbish everywhere. I mean, come on! Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, the gloves, the gloves, and the masks the gloves. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, never seen so many disposable gloves. I yeah. know. Mental. Um, yeah, but uh, what, what what have you been working on this week? It's um, um, pretty good, it, good that you've been able to get some work in. Yeah, it's amazing, really, because it happened. It happened totally out of the blue, and um, I had a request from from two clients, one new, one old. Um, just in the period of a couple of days and uh turns out one was happening on monday the other one then was happening on wednesday and the second client oh i've got another job for you something else has come in and um yeah three three days work this week um which meant taking myself out of furlough Mm -hmm. um which was interesting um but can you put yourself back in if you take yourself out as i understand it and as i'm hoping my accountant (laughs) is is on this because he's been helping me but he kind of said you know, you can take you can take yourself out of furlough for a minimum of a week. You know, a minimum. But when you go back on, um, you have to be you know out. Of, you know, you're not supposed to work for a minimum of three weeks. Okay. So I think I I still think the chances of more work coming in are, are really minimal, and um, you don't get a great deal. You know, being in a limited company, being on furlough, but it is something. It's yeah, not to sure. be sniffed at. You know, and if you're not earning anything else. Then, you've got to have it. You know, yeah. You've got to have it. You've got to have it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And were they studio gigs or? Uh, no, no. The, no. E- each one, each gig was outdoors. It was either presenters or contributors to TV shows, but it was it was sort of turning up at their houses. Um, the first one was like for CBBC, so you had like two kids presenters, and they just stood by the door with a with a sort of a cuddly bear, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. beckoned you in, you know, for a program. <laughs> something at home you know with cbb's yeah. and these two um i'm not very well up on the cbb's presenters funnily enough but um <laughs> no, they, no, they, no. They, they, they were they were lovely mm. there was still this um distance you know mm. really stuck to the distancing um 
took all the relevant stuff. The, the jobs two and three, interestingly enough, uh, were for Channel 4, and these were the first jobs that they had um, commissioned um, since lockdown had all gone off, and their health and safety department were just really, really sort of going mad over it, trying to get form bet, signed, yeah. wondering what they could do, what they couldn't do. Mm. You know, in fact, the, the the job got postponed originally from the week before. But it all happened, but both jobs happened. Um, I had to take my temperature on the morning. Mm. Uh, and for the, you know, for those jobs, although they were outdoors, it also meant I needed an assistant. I hadn't seen my assistant for, for two months either. Mm. Um, and um, again, uh, one was of a couple that's getting married during lockdown, and we went to their house flat in uh, Shoreditch. And then the next day, we did a transgender couple who've um, who've got a baby. Um, okay. We've had a baby, so that's an interesting story, and that was in their back garden. But that was a really sweltering day, mm. but it worked out okay, you know. How, 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 are the nice. pe- how are the people getting married? <laughs> Do you have any idea? I, I haven't got a clue, but because no. I, I was uh, talking about yeah, this earlier, because yeah. I got married like this coming up to this time last year, yeah. And we, we, we were talking earlier this morning just now, you know. Good thing it wasn't a year later because, um, yeah, it just it puts things totally in, in, in doubt, I guess. Like, you've got no idea how you can do it. Yeah, man, this, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish and in the Jewish community, um, and I've got a son who's 12 years old at the age of 13, that there's this big thing, the kids have bar mitzvah, bar and bat mitzvah yeah, yeah, yeah. parties, they're big mm-hmm. deals, they're big deals, yeah. they've got bigger and bigger and bigger, um, uh, and they're amazing things, but literally, they've had to stop, they've had mm. to stop, you know, mm. and I've, I've seen stuff online, people having online bar mitzvahs, um, it's not the same. It's, I think for people getting married and people having these big social events, you know, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a real shame. It's a yeah, real shame. I mean, I, I guess, um, I guess a, a wedding can be put on hold, even though it's not ideal. I, I'm not sure if that's the same for a bar mitzvah though. Is it, isn't it pretty fixed? Yeah. I, I, the time I think that it happens. some are postponing their parties right. and, um, you know, but they might still do the actual sort of the religious side of it. You know, they sort of read a, a portion from you know uh, from the Torah uh, yeah. and by doing that online in front of people but to be fair the party is the best bit anyway so you know. yeah 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 that's the, that's the bit you don't want to get rid of right? yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. you know but yeah, I do cool. feel I don't even I mean my son's you know he, he's in February he's, he's going to have his bar mitzvah and, and uh, we haven't hardly started planning anything but I don't know even if by February we'll be able to have big groups of people you know yeah yeah yeah. Well, um, let's let, let's let's try and take our uh, take our minds off things for uh, for, for sure, a short man. spell. Anyway, if it comes sure. up, it comes up. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah, just as a bit of backstory, I suppose um, if we take your 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 story all the way back to the beginning, um, you you're definitely not a, a, a native Londoner. No. You know where 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 where, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Manchester, uh, South mm-hmm. Manchester. You got to be quiet strict about which side of Manchester he came from. Yeah, I grew up in Manchester uh, until I was, uh, well, 20 or so, uh, where I did an art foundation, not quite knowing what I was going to do. But my grandfather was a very keen amateur photographer, but he had a dark room, he had this, that, and the other, and he he gave me his camera, movie camera and a a stills camera. That's kind of where it started. I I kind of just decided to do a degree course, and, and that took me down to London, which is where I kind of always wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And what, what sort yeah. of stuff did your granddad shoot? Um, uh, family, <laughs> you know, stuff going on. You know, we we've ironically we've been going through um, uh, a lot of his old stuff recently, and um, 
you know, some amazing stuff from the 50s of fun fairs and, and mm. stuff like that. So also some incredibly boring stuff like flowers. and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the interest in shooting people, that was where that came from. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. You know, I... I it, I, I shoot people. Um, mm. That's what I. That's what I do. You know, um, if it's if it's celebrities, if it's everyday people, definitely a, per, a person photographer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, prior to moving to London, what sort of scenes were you involved in in Manchester as a kid? Well, obviously, I, I love the music scene. Um, mm. When I was growing up, it, it was a little bit before the big Manchester. Uh, yeah. thing that, that kicked off but punk rock was was uh was was how i grew up i was really into punk rock and that kind of took me a bit into reggae as well okay, um cool. and and the music scene um kind of a, that's what i wanted to do with photography at, at the beginning was just be a, a, a music photographer you know yeah, yeah. um a pretty electric time in manchester yeah, I think, you know, it's a great place to grow up. I always thought growing up there, God, if I hadn't grown up here, this is where I'd have gone to university and stayed, you know. But I think, you know, rites of passage is that you have to move on from, really, and, and um, yeah. you know. And so you always, always, always had your eye on London? Yes, yes, I think so. You know, because also from a professional point of view, that's where all the record companies were, all the, you know, the TV stations, the, you know, the, the, the artist agents, that, you know, everything. Um, it just seemed like it was a, a much bigger, bigger pond to swim in, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, right. And were you were you shooting as part of the scenes in Manchester? Um, no, because I that that was just I didn't really start taking photos like that until I was in London. Because okay. prior to deciding to be a photographer, I was just enjoying it. You know. Yeah, yeah. You were just enjoying involved. the scene. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Cool. You know? um, and where did you study when you came down to London? Um, at the time, it was called Harrow College of Higher Education. Um, it had a, a few degree courses uh, and a sixth form college. That was then amalgamated by what was the Polytechnic of Central London, uh, which is now the University of Westminster, I believe. Uh, but it, it was out in Harrow on the hill. Um, Did you have an edge to you in being a, being a young punk rocker? <laughs> um I don't know, because at that point, everything had got a little bit new romantic. Not that I was a new okay. romantic. <laughs> it softened yeah. down a bit. But um, I definitely bonded with all the ex-punks when, when yeah. I got there, you know. And I think in the first week, we went to see, um, uh, was it the Colts playing? They were, they were a local band to, to mm. Harrow, you know, and I just bonded with a few people like that. And obviously did a little, little bit of uh, live gig photography. But ironically, that first year at college, I, I was majoring in, in film. I'd started to be a filmmaker, not not a photographer. But the first okay. year, yeah. On the more story-focused side, or were you always a camera guy? Yeah, I, I, I was always interested in the visual. Absolutely. I was, you know, and I thought if, if I was going to do it in film, I'd want to be a DOP um, mm. more than anything else. But, but stills photography just became an easier means to an end, you know. Yeah. Um, especially on completing the course you know um that made a really big um yeah yeah it's easy to be a still photographer and also i took a when i finished um when i finished college one of my other big loves in life was travel you know and mm-hmm. and i just took a year and a half out to to do a lot of traveling in there i just took a stills camera with me so i effectively came back to the uk with a portfolio of sort of travel photographs you know from okay. from you know uh, like india nepal australia mm-hmm. And stuff, and that's kind of where that first started off. Yeah. The the, the course at, um, at the college, you know, was it quite industry focused, or was it more artistic? Um, 
No, it, it was quite political. And it's a bit that I didn't really get, if I'm honest with you. There was a lot of stuff on history and theory of the media, you know, mm. sort of, it was quite a sort of, quite a few sort of Marxists and very uh-huh. far left thinking people. And um, it's a bit too on the political front for me, if, if I remember. And, and the best bits I ever got out of college were when people from the industry came in to talk or do workshops mm-hmm. and you felt, yeah, this is it. This is what I'm here for. You know, yeah. learn to be creative. And um, sure, it gave me a background um, into into the workings of companies and stuff like that from the theory perspective. But it was only by taking photographs, I think, and just getting straight into working um, that I secured my my place as a professional photographer. And I know out of 70 or 80 people that went to that went to that college, you could probably count on one hand those that are still doing it now, maybe two hands, right. you know, and are successful with it, photographers right. and filmmakers. Right. You know. Yeah. When you came back and you say you had your, you know, uh, some sort of portfolio together. Um, yes. You know, was that then straight trying to kind yeah. of make it on your own, or did you did you assist other photographers, or what was what was yep. the journey then? So, so there was, there's two elements to that. When I was in, in in the summer holidays, and this goes back to Manchester, I got a job in a studio in Manchester. Um, and it, it was, in terms of photography, there's quite a big mail order catalogue scene going on. So it's fashion photographers, and I worked as a studio runner at a place called Photolink. Um, and okay. that's where I got a real sense of 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 again being in the industry. Um, Coming to London, I knew I didn't want to be a fashion photographer. That just it just didn't fit into to my psyche. Um, and I, I had friends here. It's, it's all about who you know, you know. Mm. And one of whom worked at a small theatre in Islington called the Kingshead Theatre. It's one of the small, oh, yeah. you know, it's a fringe yeah. theatre. But um, within a within a few months of, of moving back to London from travelling, my friend had got me in taking photos of of the various performances that were going on that would then be on the walls in the pub of the King's Head before okay. you went in. And not long after that, there was the other friend who um, worked for Capital Radio in the press office. She got a job there. And a week or so later, I was photographing people like Andy Peters and Chris Tarrant. You know, awesome. uh, straight into these, it. These were these were big names. You know, at the yeah, time. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kenny Everett. I mean, you're an absolute yeah. icon, absolute yeah, yeah. icon, you know. Yeah, so it was, yeah, straight into the thick of it. That's cool. Yeah, it was. And and um, some mistakes were made. Uh, mm. You know, I think I could have done more assisting, you know, so sort of things would have, you know, be lit better or, you know, in focus. But it, I threw myself in the deep end and, and with a few mistakes along the way, you know, that's what I ended up doing to this day. You know, it's kind of photographing um, yeah, yeah, yeah. people. And other than the what you say was catalogue, which now would be, I suppose, e-commerce work going yeah. on in Manchester, you know, how did, how did the industries compare between the two cities? Um, yeah, it was, it's so hard to say, because obviously I didn't go into it in London, um, but it was really busy up in Manchester. You had Little Wogs and Grattans, uh, sorry, Little Woods, excuse me, and, and Grattans just, um, you know, down the road in Liverpool and, you know, they, they'd I'd go and collect a load of clothes and bring them over, and you have models turning up with their books. Uh, it was it was a bit of a, uh, a factory that you know they get through mm. like eight eight to ten, you know, shots a day. Um, I'm not sure how it works now with the digital thing, but then you know, it it's funny because I still know quite a few e-commerce studios in Manchester, so I think yeah. that has kind of stuck around to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that they're still running a Studio 77 or there's another mm. name for them. But they were the big players at the time. They were really, really big. But, you know, 
coming to London, I wanted to move away from that. I wanted to, as I said, get into music and, and do yeah. something different. I, and I also had a, a very strong interest, and I'm moving away slightly here, but it's quite important to tell you about this, about the image and how it would look and trying to mess with processes that made it look a bit crazy, a bit mad. Yeah. Um, and obviously things at the time, shooting analog, you know, we were shooting film was to cross process film. Right. So that, that, you know, you'd put color negative film through the positive process of E6 or, or the other way around. And, and the effects were, were, were quite mental and, and you'd really experiment and learn your film and learn your push processing and, and what to do to get crazy looks and, or, or playing about with Polaroids because with analog, yeah. you used to, take a polaroid a few polaroids before you started shooting film you know that's the equivalent of looking on a screen as you're doing it to work yeah, out right. the lighting is yeah but yeah. if you peel the polar polaroid apart early you know say after 20 seconds rather than a minute so it's still on the black negative and it's very faint on the positive you'd normally look at take the negative slap it onto a piece of like art paper carefully rub it down maybe it's damped a little bit and peel it away you'd get that lovely polaroid kind of slightly ripped in places onto it and i loved mm. i loved doing things like that and it was so far away from the straight leg you know shoot right. on transparency you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, get the exposure perfectly right yeah and, all of yeah. that catalog models it was it's about about messing around you know and um yeah i did a lot of that in the early days you know mm. and yeah. was it all just messing around and experimenting or was there anyone yeah. kind of you know where were you learning how to do this if you if you say that you weren't assisting so much and no again it's been thrown mm. in the deep end you know and at the time i was working you know you know apart from you know the, the beginning was capital radio but i also worked for a number of magazines at the time up and coming magazines um music management people um and um i, I was able to use those processes for magazines because editorial could always be a bit more experimental you know right um, yeah, cool. And yeah. Was it was it was it full time work that you had through those those early early clients? Or yeah, I mean, I remember. I mean, it was it was hard. You weren't getting a lot. I think I was on some sort of grant or something at the time from the government. You know, that meant you could work a little bit, and as you you were starting up, you know. But it didn't take long before I was earning enough to just enough to to survive. You know, mm. and come off the grants and be a you know my own little self employed company. Yeah, didn't take, cool. It didn't take long. I'm quite blessed, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, you know, if there were any um, particular breaks, but it sounds like they happened quite early on. Yeah, and one thing led to another. You know, so as I mm. said, it's it is a lot about who you know. You know, to know to know people, and through them you meet other people. But um, it, it started to roller coast. You know, and, and people that worked at Capital Radio, some moved to MT, this new thing, MTV, and. Um, and that's something I was photographing all the, what they, they called them VJs, video jockeys, didn't they? And, the, okay. and I'll, you know, rather than the DJs at Capital and over there. And, and that's how it, you yeah, know, yeah. from one thing to the other, you know, magazines, this. And maybe a few years after that, I was introduced introduced to somebody who worked at Channel 4 Television. And, you know, the rest is history. You know, I've been doing television picture publicity as one of the mainstays. It's not the only thing I do, but that's been one of the mainstays over the last 25 years. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um yeah, pretty long lasting relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, cool. To this day, to this day. As, as I said, I came out of furlough <laughs> to do yeah, yeah. Two, two jobs for them this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um was there a certain romance? You know, you say you were shooting these people who were, you know, pretty big names and you as a relatively fresh face. Yeah. You know, was it was it um was it easy to keep your head on your shoulders or was it was it kind of quite easy that, to get wrapped uh, wrapped up in it all? To an extent 
you know, I think that on the whole, I, I wasn't shy, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I realized if you were nice, people would be nice back to you. Um, I think the, it's just when I, I remember getting my first sort of big commercial break, and I think it's photographing the cast of Shooting Stars and the Fast Show Live. They were doing a tour, and it's being sponsored by a drinks company, and they paid me to do a big photo shoot with these guys. It was all set up in a massive studio, and I remember down at Holborn Studios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know Holborn yeah, yeah. Studios, which today, again, is the place that I shoot all the time. But um, mm-hmm. I remember the night before, I didn't sleep a wink. Suddenly, I felt the mm-hmm. pressure. This is a big gig. These guys are really funny. They're on the TV, you know. I don't know, for some reason, I, that was the first time I, I, I got a little bit of, I got worried. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, but I think yeah, it yeah. might have been the size of the job. Um, yeah. But the job uh, went So, so how, how old were you at this point? I was in my early 20s. Yeah. So yeah. I guess they must have, it must have been pretty easy to get a sense of imposter syndrome. Mid-20s. Yes. You know, you just get a little bit shy, you know. But, but rarely, rarely did that happen, um, uh, you know. And... Uh, yeah. I think one of the other few times I got a bit shy was when I mean my, my favourite band of all time was The Clash. And oh, I was shooting a Holden one day and they had this launch of an exhibition in their restaurant by a, a music photographer. I think it was Roger Sargent who'd been working with the Libertines. Uh-huh. And they were all in there and they said, Adam, you got to stay, hang out, you know. Now the guy that produced the record was Mick Jones out of The Clash, right? Fucking right. And yeah, he was nice. there, right? And it's like one of my biggest icons. And he was sat on a table almost next to me, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Not talking to anyone, you didn't know anyone there. And I remember this girl coming up to I don't know, it's Mick Jones, you should say hello. And I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'd like yeah. stage fright of all the times, you know. Yeah, Other so um, that, I know. wanted to ask, because when, when, when I think of your work, I immediately think of Hoburn. And I, I'm sure it's because, you know, I've seen, I've seen the pictures on the walls when I've been down yeah. there. But um, yeah. did that have a notoriety before you ended up there? Or was it, you know, you just built a relationship over time? No, I think what was interesting when when I moved going back to when I was in London as a student, and I think mm-hmm. one of the summer holidays that the studio back in Manchester that I'd been doing some work for, yeah, as a as a as a runner, and I got to meet some of the photographers. They had a smaller studio in London, um, and they'd shoot there. And, and the overspiller worked there. Round the corner was this place called Holborn Studios, which is a back hill at the time. It was mm-hmm. closer to Holborn than it is now, and and I assisted there for a few weeks. Um, doing this mail order catalog and, and assisting, but I remember looking at this place and when, when I'm big and grown up, I want to shoot here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. want to shoot here, and there it we were. It was the place. It was the place. It was the place. But then, um, yeah, after, when things started to happen, I mean, I, that was probably one of the first jobs I did there, the, the shooting stars and stuff like that. But I built up a relationship with Holborn. Um, mm. It's 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 one of the more, in my mind, one of the more down to earth places. You know, less. Mm less bothered about all the glamour of everything and for sure know, yeah yeah it's just down to earth and having worked there for so long and i think any other photographer who's been there for a long time works on this they have the same feeling that it's a family down there and you know the, the mccartney brothers who, who run the place now um you know are just always so good to you you know they look after you it's it's a great place to shoot and they're funny they're yeah, coming yeah. up i think they're coming up for their 40th anniversary yeah. It, does, it does make me feel old because I must have been shooting there 25, 30 years ago, wherever it was. Um, but but it still it still it still retains that charm, and you know I know it, yeah. I kind of you know obviously I wasn't there, but um, you know even now when you walk through the doors, it does have that. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of integrity behind it, over. I think. I think the word is iconic, isn't it? You know, it's been uh, yeah, used a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's such an iconic place. Maybe it's yeah. different. You're you know you're just shooting fashion the whole time, and you've got you've got different places you might go to. 
Mm. Um, but I think for editorial music, a lot of stuff like that, advertising as well. I love Holborn. I, I will always shoot there as, as my first choice. You know, it's not it's yeah. not usually my choice. You know, these days, you know, people tell you where you're shooting. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to going back there after this. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so how's that changed over time as well? You know, the the amount of um, freedom that you've had as as a photographer. Um, I still think there's there's a lot of freedom in in what you shoot, but just I, it just seems to me that um, more and more either you're shooting on location or it's been arranged by another party, be it a picture publicist or an or an agency um, creative, and I, um, it hasn't affected I think how I photograph and the style, but just parts of the elements of where you're shooting, who's doing the hair and makeup, you know, you know, I still get to choose my own assistants, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's it. I, you know, kind of pushed mm. to where you got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even as things have gone digital, you know, do you still experiment in the same way that you did back in the day with cross processing in obviously a different form? But well, it, it's interesting because I took to digital early on. Really, I loved it. You know, I love mm. the fact that if you knew what you were doing, if you'd spent time in a dark room printing a black and white print or a color print, or you'd gone through the processing and you had an idea of how the chemicals work and you looked at digital, you could almost get a lot of the same results, but you had a much wider palette to play with. I think the hardest thing was just to be selective and know what you want, you know, or else it could look a disaster. But I embraced digital really early on. It must have been 15 years ago um and never looked back i I hardly touched film at all at all since that day so i've embraced it were you you always shooting medium format on film i was always shooting medium format um i mean in the early days obviously it's 35 mil but quite quite soon i wanted i I got myself a second hand rb67 mamiya you know Mm -hmm. um because all the boys in the fashion studio were shooting on those you know (laughs) the back turns if you wanted landscape or portrait you put a polaroid back on and i had to have one of those i bought a second hand one i think off calumet or what is it called there telling and cross or whatever it's called pretty pretty cheap but soon, you know, after a number of years, I, I, I could actually afford the next, the RZ67, which was just a bit more of a, 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 a beautiful version of it. And I shot like that for crazy, you know, for, forever and ever. And it was only in, let me think, it would have been two, well, where are we now, 20, 2005, I, I went away. I, I went traveling to celebrate one of my big birthdays. I was on my own and I was around the world and, and somebody I knew back in England contacted Channel 5 said to me, I can't believe you're in Australia. We, we need a shoot. We've we got to photograph um, uh, the kids from home and away, one of these things. Are you around to do it? I'm like, yeah, give it to me. Fantastic. I'll Sweet. get a job yeah. when I'm abroad, you know. And what it also meant is being in Australia. I mean, I love Sydney. I, I've lived there for a year um, earlier okay. on, but I love Sydney. And it's the first time back. But to be there and, and see how they worked, you know. I knew a guy from back in London who, know, who was Australian and lived there. And he, he helped sort me out with an assistant, tell me where to get my lighting and this, that, and the other. But what I wanted to do was obviously shoot on a Mamiya uh, and get film processed and they had already completely switched to digital they were a few years ahead of the UK and it took I think three days to get a hundred rolls of of film in and then it took another three days to get it all processed I mean it was just mental and even even the assistants were like oh what do I have to do here and I kind of realized when I got back to, to London a week or two later that 
it's going to change. It's going to change really quickly in the UK and everything's going to go digital. And certainly within about three or four months of me being back, a lot of the labs started shutting down in central London, you know, right. um, and everyone was, was, was switching to digital. Okay. So yeah, was, yeah, yeah. You were, you were able to kind of get a little bit of foresight. Um, yeah, I think quite early on, which was great. Mm. Not too early on. Let me think. No, I say that. I had a, a 35 mil Nikon camera that was digital. What was it called? But there was just all the rage. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think that <laughs> they made like seven megapyte JPEG or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all the, the bells and whistles. On, 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 on to some card that probably cost about 1,500 quid. Yeah, it was an absolute fortune. I think it was a D1. Yeah. And it was rubbish. <laughs> I think about it now. God, it was rubbish. Seven megapyte, you know. You know, here we are, Alan, as you might know, working at Teamwork, you know, yeah. however many years later, I bought a, a Phase 1 IQ3 100 yeah. megapixel, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's within 15 years, look how far it's yeah. gone. Yeah, and amazing, right? So that, that is the equivalent now <laughs> of having a, yeah. a medium format size camera, as I call the medium format size camera, but with the quality of a 10 by 8 <laughs> you know those old things, the old, the old box yeah, yeah. cameras you put the thing on. It, it, it's amazing how things have been. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah. um, who, I suppose, were were your contemporaries at the time? You know, who who were you kind of looking to, and I suppose, what sort of um, networks were you within? You know, that were that you were kind of bouncing off. Yeah, well, there was a, there was a there was a guy that was a couple of years older than me, uh, uh, who was a photographer, and he was from Manchester. I was almost like following his feet. Maybe three years older than me, and he became a bit of a mentor. His name was uh, David Scheinerman, okay. um, which people from the eighties. No, he did a lot of iconic album covers. He did the Peter Gabriel album cover. Don't ask me the name, so I don't even like Peter Gabriel, but it's got a big red cover. You know, I'll, I'll ask my dad. Ask your dad, exactly. Make me feel really old, man. Um, but he was a great influence because he he got the chance to to he introduced me to Polaroid image transfer. We spoke about it earlier. He he got the the big old twenty by twenty four Polaroid cameras. I think there's two in the world and was able to do image transfers on those. You know, sure. it's like nice. a fine art photographer. You know, he taught me yeah. about Polaroid Type fifty five, which is the black and white stuff. So he he was not only a mentor, he became a good good friend of mine. You know, mm. he even let me photograph his wedding. <laughs> you know, so he was a great influence. And then you know, obviously. Time went by. I mean, I was always, always like the Face magazine. I love what was going on in there. I know it's a bit more on the fashion side, but they, they would get some really iconic people inside of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. So th- th- there's th- there's definitely um, a theme popping up of, of of iconic. You know, like what you were drawn to photograph and the kind of cameras that you wanted to yeah. work with. And you know, there was. Um, it sounds a bit like you were following a dream. Yeah, in a way. definitely. And 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 it sort of went back to the idea of rock and roll. You know, music photography. Mm. Um, I mean, I did end up working for a number of the music magazines for a number of years um, as well. But the idea that you could take images that weren't crisp and perfect, but you could just mess about with them, you know, just just get a different look, a different feel that it took, maybe took it to a level outside of photography, a bit onto art, I suppose. But again, it's about the personality as well. I I know that in my photography, I'm very keen to get a moment with a person. So what was caught, However, it was caught was always someone kind of a bit wild and a bit of a moment, you know. But then the processing at the time to to do something that was a bit offbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has it has it been you know have you been able to I suppose keep up with the the music industry as you've both grown? You know, not as much as I'd want to. Um, I've you know it, it's funny in your job you spend a lot of time driving and I have younger assistants, you know, and a couple of them in particular just totally into their music that. Um, introduced me to stuff that i've really really liked but wouldn't have heard for not being on the scene 
but you know, I absolutely love, I love UK grime. Right, <laughs> I think it's mm-hmm. it's great. Um, yeah, and right. I get to through my work, I have photographed a number of uh, grime stars or people up and coming in 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 in, in the UK scene. I wouldn't have a clue who they mm-hmm. were. I go, what sort of name is that? You know, <laughs> the old man, you know. And then, you know, you, yeah. you take these pictures of them and you put them on your Instagram feed and suddenly they're getting 10 times as many likes as anything else. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. And um, as, as much as I'd, I'd love to be on it and, and doing more in that, you know, it's someone else, it's a younger scene now. It's someone else's scene. Yeah. If I can go into it here and there and still listen to the music, that's yeah. great. But the na- yeah, well, the the icons change. Yeah, the icons change absolutely, and I'm still yeah. looking at the older icons that the younger people don't even know who they are. <laughs> you know I mean? Sure, yeah, yeah, photographing yeah. their icons, and I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I recorded um, a conversation with um, with someone I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan of, which um, which will go up, you know, at some point in the future. Um, Glenn Friedman, who was in the states, yeah. you know, shooting the punk scene and and and, and then the you know the hip hop scene in a big way, yeah. and. Um, you know, he, he he had an interesting point, which is like, it's not my job to photograph those those scenes. You know, that's for the next generation. Like, that's your job. You go shoot it. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah, I think there's something in that. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's nailed it on the head, you know. But hey, if one came his way, of course, you'd want to, you know, why not? What's this all about? You want to learn it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and has that kind of, you know, iconic, classic, old school, you know, has that approach been part of your reason to stick with medium format as well you know as technology has developed and you know cameras yeah. have gone they've expanded in so many different ways is that part of your decision to stick with yeah. with that format? i've always always thought that to have the highest quality image possible you know in whatever oh. you shoot is one of the most important factors of being a photographer and get one of the best cameras you can i think the cameras get to a certain level of how many megapixels you can get where you think well I, you actually don't need don't need mm. don't need that but i know with my 100 megapixel you know phase one camera um i can i can get shots that can you know if i ever did want to blow them up really big or take a small section of them all the information is there yeah sure. yeah and and the practicalities of being able to shoot it on a on a manageable camera um mm-hmm. makes you know as, as i said before it's like shooting on a 10.8 but but if you were to shoot a, a 10.8 if anyone remembers these mm-hmm. box cameras and it's like one frame at a time take the piece of film out put the next one in yeah no this is done like you're shooting a you know on, on your smaller cameras click 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 you know you've got 20 versions yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the, and the process as well you know that yeah. Uh, yeah what's 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 your uh, approach like when you're actually shooting I, I shoot a lot I, I i snap 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 i'm as i said i'm trying to capture the moment and, and get as much and obviously yeah. when you when you were shooting film you were counting the the, the cost of each roll of film and what and, and the processing you know now yeah. you can shoot as, as much as Got you want the only problem is you're then sort of stuck stuck in your your office for an extra few hours thinking why did i <laughs> shoot 500 pictures i used to do that in like 50, yeah, yeah. 50 shots you know yeah. Now, now you're just counting the hard drives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it. And the hard drive. <laughs> I wish I could. Can I, t- can I turn it that way? Uh, yeah. Look, they're just on the. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Those are the throwaways. Yeah. Man. They're up. the ones that I'm not using anymore. <laughs> 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 it's mental, you know. Yeah. From from like one terabyte hard drives, which are wow. I've got like 16 terabyte yeah, yeah. hard drives now. It's that's just replacing the boxes yeah. of film. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. And. Um, has your has your style changed much over time? You know, and and, and I suppose also how how did ch- digital change the way that you you shot? Experience, however you're shooting over the years, is going to change 
um, how you shoot is going to change the quality of what you shoot. You know, um, always, you should always be fighting to be better at what you do. But I think experience will naturally help that if you're shooting the whole time, if that makes sense, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, how would you describe your style? Um, vibrant, quirky, a moment. And, uh, yeah, interaction. I say it's about interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially when you get to do portraits, you know, specifically portraits, get something out of this person. That's what I try and do. Also, uh, I tend to go for wide angle when I'm doing that kind of work, portraits, because it just brings out the quirkiness. And you're in someone's face. You're a lot closer when you're doing it and you're sort of moving about. and, And on top of that, you get kind of big club hands going forward. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was it. And it is, it, it, it seems like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but humor might be your, you know, the first tool out of your bag. Yeah, it, 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 it's gone that way. Maybe I'm a funny guy, yeah. who knows? I've got, I've got one of those faces, <laughs> but it's funny that on, you know, on all the TV work, if I look at my roster of what I've shot, I'd say about 80% of them are comedies or that side of stuff. You know, when I'm perfectly capable of doing, you know, documentaries and dramas and this, that and the other, but it's gone towards comedy, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. I've got to tell you, the last job I did before lockdown, literally the day before, um, I got to photograph the fast show, all the people from the fast show. Mm -hmm. And we might remember a bit earlier we were talking, that was one of the first gigs I ever got was doing the fast show with Shooting Stars. And there I was 25 years later. You got to reunite. <laughs> Reuniting, photographing all these all, all <laughs> these old this old duffer, photographing those old duffers. Yeah. You know, I said it's another comedy classic. I can't wait for those to come out. I think, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Good. Look how far we've come, yeah, guys. <laughs> 25 years down the line. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, is, is, are there any times that you can think of where it's just really not worked, or you know, or, or have you always just kind of got paired with, 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 with subjects that that would suit? Um, no, I haven't. There's been. I mean, it's not been an easy ride the whole the whole way. You know, you'll get yeah. somebody on a bad day, and and you're all in there bouncing away, and they're just not in the mood, or and having to to evaluate that. You know, I think that um, sometimes you can get. You know, not everybody is up. On, on the whole. People are up for it. Let's put it that way. You know, you're there to work together. You know what I mean, and mm-hmm. and get a great image. But there, there's been, you know, a couple of occasions that I can say, do you know what I mean. I'm best forgetting that one. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and not not mentioning yeah. the people involved because obviously I do work with a lot of celebrities. But um, sure, you know. yeah, you, you can't work every no, time. Not every time, but it's very, yeah. very, very rare. I could probably say once or twice. Mm. You know. I can look at a situation and go, do you know what? The chemistry was definitely not right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. 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 And, and, and after, after, after so long, you know, within quite a, uh, you know, a, a particular industry, do you still get projects that, that keep you on your toes Oh, and challenge you? Or have you, have you been able to find quite, you know, a lot of confidence in your, in your rhythm and, your, you know, knowledge that you're going to be able to get it, get it when you need to. I, I would honestly say without sounding bigoted, but you know, that, that I, I, I'm a lot more confident with anything I do. Not like in the old days. Oh my God, it's this. What are we going to do? I would say ninety-five percent of the jobs I feel absolutely fine turning up up at, even though I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know what the scene is. I don't know the people. I mean, it's funny. Even even um, so yesterday I was doing the couple with a with a with a new baby, and it's a really hot day. And these guys are slightly media savvy, you know. Um, 
but they were so frantic about this new child, which you would be with a newborn, you know, and, and oh, you'll only get five minutes. She's not having that. Yeah, I think you get five minutes at most. Oh, we can't lie on the grass because <laughs> this one gets skin mm-hmm. irritation and this, that, and the other. But I, I wowed them over. We shot it on the grass. I shot from yeah. above. And yeah. shot an antihistamine. The baby was as good as gold, you know. <laughs> and five minutes turned into about an hour and a half, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We all just wanted a bit of human connection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, you haven't seen a human being. It's you know. I say they still yeah, had yeah, to still had your two meter rule, you know, and and they were all yeah. masked up and stuff like that, which is funny. But mm. um, yeah, I, I, I'm confident that that for the most part, I get thrown into a situation um, that I, I can deal with it. You know, mm. I can. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? And I suppose going going back a little bit to the um, you know the draw towards the iconic. Yeah as time has moved further away from what you see as iconic, you know, has the, the celebrity side of things lost its appeal at all? Well, it's, it's an odd time to ask that because I think here we are in, in lockdown and there's a lot of problems in the world. And I certainly I felt a lot less compassion for the idea of celebrity, celebrityness. Mm. You know, I mean, I've never been a, a great fan on things like Instagram where you look at someone's feed and it's always pictures of themselves, right? But I do get that if you're a celebrity and you're a model, that that's a big part of who you are and that's how you're selling yourself. But still, I kind of feel, I feel, you know, that social media is a big part of what we're talking about here, you know, that I'm much more interested in what that person is looking at and what's going on around them, even if it's a celebrity friend, you know, than you know, seeing like 20 images of them each week, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's really key. So um, just at the moment, because we're going through this and there just seems to be so many more important issues in the world, you know, what, what the, what the NHS are doing, what the frontline workers, delivery drivers, you know, all these people are out in the thick of it, getting paid a fraction of of the money. I just, yeah. Yeah. Look, I've not got a problem with with the way people live. um, And uh, I, you know, it's not. It's not supposed to be celebrity bashing. You know, it's just, it's just about this period in time. Just things seem to be a little bit different. Um, and and for the most part, I think every all people, celebrity or not celebrity, you know, are, are well aware of this train of thought. You know, you know, are, are on the same wavelength. Sure. Um, and when I when I when I look at your work, I, I see it as quite strongly. Correct me if if, if this isn't the way you see it, but you know, um, it's very English. The work that you do. <laughs> And you know, does 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 your your style of work and the and the stuff that you're drawn to shoot, you know, does it translate in the same way outside of the UK? I'd be interested to know. What 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 is quite interesting that in the past I would have travelled a fair bit for work. Um, I think with the death of editorial, and also as you get older, you don't want to travel as much. I've not really had that experience of shooting in or for somewhere like America. I just I've always felt that. I, my style is my style um and if it you know and it works here then that's great um i'm always open as well to listen to what's going on in the media so for for you if you look at my shots especially from 10 years ago there was a lot of strong blurry color and a lot of um grain and just a grade you know a lot of kind of punchy crazy saturation and crunchy grade you know and i loved yeah. it you know yeah. for ages but 
I remember showing my portfolio to an art director, like, you know, top ad agency a few years ago, and I'm going, this is not how we shoot anymore. They just want all the colours muted, a lot more natural, you know, a lot more, um, you know, you can tell a story, it can be atmospheric, but not all this, like, wow, in your face, it's all it gets in my yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that was his opinion, yeah. you know what I mean? And, um, but it did, it has made me think, you know, well, just to be aware of what's going on, um, generally. There's not as many magazines out there anymore to compare it with, but um, you know, I think that the colorization of my shops, to an extent, not all of them, has has muted a little bit to change with the times. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I think you can see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the world isn't the same as it was when Shooting Stars was a yeah. was a yeah. thing. Either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like taste has changed in that respect. Well, you know, we also, you know, the way we work has changed so much as well because. Um, a lot of budget that would go into outside of advertisement might go into high-end PR, which is like, you know, really top-end press photos. The, the booker mm. photographer like myself to photograph a celebrity with a product, you know, do it in a kind of crazy way. A lot of that budget is gone from, from stills right. photographers and it's gone to like influencers, people on Instagram, people yeah. snapping, you know. So it's a challenge, you know, it's a challenge to know how that's going to change and, and, you know, on a, on a business front. Yeah, you know. right, yeah. Um, and if you weren't working in the, the arena of publicity work, would there, would there be anything else that, that satisfied you? Well, I'd always, I'd always do music, <laughs> you know, I yeah, still okay. to this day, I'd always yeah. do music. It's just that they, they, those jobs haven't come up. You know, I think that the music mm. industry was one of the first to be hit quite hard in the digital era when people realized they didn't have to buy records or cds anymore they just need to google a song's name and then rip it off from somewhere for free and and um but i still have a passion for it and it's funny with all the photo shoots where you've got a crew uh you know of assistants and hair and makeup and leather you know the retouches and the other i still like to go out with just you know the nick i've got a nikon as well as the phase one just a more handheld sort of camera Mm -hmm. and and shoot you know young bands or or whoever you know but just to do something without the paraphernalia of everyone about just as just to know that you still got it just your eye and you and the personality which ultimately is what it what it's about yeah you know that's cool man yeah and um what's what's next when you're able to you know to get back to work proper you know is there um any kind of projects that are uh, in the pipeline there's not there's no specific personal projects i think they just come about as and when you know um yeah. through the lockdown i found it easy i did go out with my camera to do shots out and about and it, it was a hindrance apart from the fact i've got a dog and one of these people who has a dog that you joggers kind of uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, scum. But, you know I, I just got it i tied my dog I, tried, <laughs> I put my i put the dog through my, my belt hook and my jeans right <laughs> and he was there so i'd have two hands with the camera but you know i just yeah. couldn't do it so i'm finding actually using a, a my iphone and the camera on my iphone just to snap people mm. who i meet you know but from that social distance of two two and a half meters you know today I, you mm. know it's one of the first times i ventured into a, a shop or two you know um and there's a, a really nice coffee shop first time i bought like a flat white <laughs> for like two months yeah, yeah, and yeah, i went yeah. in and there was your there was your bearded fella you just about see it from his mask he had like the earrings he had the holes in his ears you know and he was like <laughs> yeah. making the coffee about five meters away taking the order you know pay for it in front and then the closest we get he'd come up with the coffee and his earring and I kill myself for not taking my phone out at that point <laughs> but you know but yeah. that, that's the closest thing to a, to a personal project and in terms of, of of getting back on it I think that we have to see um how how this 
basically there'll be a recession and how bad it's going to affect. Mm. But I think people are still rearing to go with their TV projects. And obviously I do a lot of TV work. I'm expecting, you know, that there the will be stuff for us photographers mm. when we're out of this. A yeah, bit yeah. of a capture for TV and publicity photographers on that front, yeah. you know. Cool. Well, yeah, hopefully it can get back to um, some sense of normality soon. I mean, I think, as you said at the beginning, you know, there's this, uh, you know, taking temperatures and, you know, there's yeah. some attempt at having guidelines in place. But I guess that will that'll kind of, you know, fully iron itself out over time as yes. well, you know, as, as, as we get used to it. This was early days, you know, but I literally mm. shoving all those things in my ear, photographing it, yeah. sending it to the, you know. It's just and shoot yeah, and shoot, you know. And when you're there, two yeah. meters, you know, make sure you don't go in the house, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Well, um, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to um, to answer some questions, Adam. Really good to Al, see you, man. Al, it's been an absolute pleasure to to see you. A bit furrier in the face, longer yeah, yeah, hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, yeah. longer hair, looking good, man. And lovely chatting to you, Al. You too, man. We'll catch up soon.